Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to the Cloudly Podcast post-match reaction. Neil Dunworth joins me this evening, bopping along to our intro track. Neil, how are you, pal? Um... I'm fine, but I'm frustrated, put it that way. You know, it's a frustrating mm-hmm. game today, a frustrating 90 minutes that we put in, or 90, what it was, there was eight minutes in the first half, I think, and seven minutes in the second half, or might, might have had that vice versa. Um, yeah, but a frustrating time at Goodison Park today. We didn't play to 100%, but we didn't play as poorly as I've seen other people say on Twitter. I thought we played, I thought we played absolutely in structure with the way that we, the way that Unai wants us to play, but I also think Everton did as well. And it was a mismatch of styles from that point of view when it came up with Unai Emery's first nil all um, in 97 yeah. games in charge in the Premier League. So, uh, also, on you know, there isn't a big elephant in the room, a big elephant in a black, black shirt in the room as well that I'm sure we'll get on to talking about. But uh, yeah, that's kind of my view. We can end yeah, the podcast yeah. now because I've kind of said said it all. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be one that there'll be a lot of people that see the game and see the result and see this video uploaded, everything nil, Villa nil, and think, oh, lads, I can't be asked." And fair enough, if, if this is one you skip, um, I don't blame you at all. Uh, we go into this little break now for Villa on the back of what does feel like a, a frustrating match more so than anything. I don't actually think the result's terrible. I think, if you, you know, cliche alert, if you draw on the road and you win at home, which Villa do win at home, that's going to get you up into the, the top six, top four of the Premier League anyway. I know you're not going to win every home game. You're not going to draw every away game, but it's a good uh, kind of foundation. We've got a clean sheet. If not for our own lack of clinicalness, if that's a word, up front, we, we win today because we have chances. We make chances today and we we, we have those possibilities to, to put the game to bed and we don't. At the other end, Martinez keeps us in it with a, a great double save. The first one, much, uh, very much reminiscent of his World Cup save uh, in the final mm. last year or, or the year before, even now. Um, just one of them. I, I don't think it's you know uh, Armageddon stuff, end of the world stuff to to only get a point at home away at Everton. Sorry, um, that flashed up the stat didn't they, on Sky of uh, you know, he's not had a nil nil in in ninety six matches at Arsenal and at Villa in the Premier League. I'd have took the nil-nil rather than losing one nil. Like that nil-nil stuff yeah. doesn't, doesn't really matter at that stage of the game, does it? I, I don't mind it. Uh, I did think it was going to be classic Villa to throw, throw something away at the end there. I just don't. I just don't think it's a massive problem that Villa haven't won there. And I don't know if that if I'm wrong with that viewpoint. I feel like the the kind of the game state or whatever newfound phrase you want to throw at it was disrupted so often by the referee and by time wasting and bitty fouls that it was difficult for Villa to get going and find any kind of rhythm. I think that's more so the issue than Villa were rubbish. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I've just done my own podcast there and usually my final um, whistle on the final whistle of the post-match podcast that I do are usually a mismatch of 
what I'm feeling in the moment. And by the by the end I get to podcast, I, I could feel completely different about something than I did at the start. And I it's why they're difficult to do, but it's why I like doing them because then I can just compartmentalize it and walk away. And it, it's like, okay, I can think about different parts of the game or whatever afterwards. But what you mentioned there was the stagnation in the game, the stop tart nature in the second half. Uh, referee lost control. I'm sure we'll speak about that. He, it's, it's not his first, second, third, fourth, 15th time doing that in the Premier League in his career. But um, he did it today. I think he lost a small bit control but from the point of view of it not being the worst thing of uh, with Villa um, drawing today the only thing that I have here is put it this way if Spurs and United is, is a one-all draw today or if Spurs lose to United today I'll feel a bit better about today's result because the only piece here is Spurs being in fifth place it's the looking over the shoulder that not winning a game like today gives makes us yeah. do and Definitely. we were in a position we, like like it's great saying what a week ago hey we're 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 joint first in the league, or second, as you like to call it, then, um, in the league. And that's fantastic to say, but now a week removed or two weeks removed from that, we are looking over our shoulder again. So you might say this is kind of the rocket that Villa, I think that's unfair to say the rocket that Villa needed because like, we're in an overinflated position anyway. But it's how we kind of eliminate that the between now and the end of the season, the looking over our shoulder, as opposed to being in control of where we are Mm-hmm. And where we should be within the table, because we've always—I've said this in my, my my previous part—we've always been underdogs. Like I cannot remember the last time Villa weren't underdogs. Like even in the Championship to get to the playoff, we were underdogs. It was—it yeah. was like, yeah, they might. They, it's unlikely they'll do it, but they can do it. And all of a sudden, we did it under Emery last season. We were underdogs to get into Europe. All of a sudden, we did get into Europe, and this time we're leading from the front. And we're looking over our shoulders. So it's a new challenge for the team. And we're coping with it well now at the moment. We're not losing games. And and hopefully that continues. And, and we can alleviate the looking over our shoulder, I said, as much as we possibly can. Yeah, when we talk about title charges and top four pushes and, and whatever else, we've always said it was the gap behind us that we were almost, uh, that was what we were proud of almost, to be nine points ahead of Newcastle or five ahead of Spurs mm-hmm. or whatever it is at certain stages that season. To keep that kind of buffer is is, is what's important to Villa. So yes, if, if Spurs don't win uh, this afternoon, which I don't think they are at the moment, Man United were winning 1-0 last I saw mm. or we came on. Yeah, we've we gained a point on Spurs technically. It's one all now, okay. Oh, so, oh, yeah. uh, as we were, um, so that's really the main thing. Yeah, a few weeks ago, it was joint top, we're joint third now, we're joint second, whatever, whatever you want to say. Um, it, it is that kind of looking over our shoulder where if you'd have won today, you don't obviously you still want Spurs to drop points, but it's you know, you've won, that's a, a great position to mm. be in. And uh, to only draw nil nil, like I say, I don't think it's the end of the world, but it does have that kind of niggling doubt of oh, okay. What do Spurs do now? Are we going to be under pressure next week or the week after when we come back? For the for games specifically, I like to look at them in little kind of clusters. If we beat Newcastle next time out, and if we say it's four points from two, a home game and an away game, I think you got to say that's a that's a decent decent turnaround. If you'd have won yeah. today and drawn to Newcastle, yes, it's reverse home and away, but still that's a, that's a decent return as well. So I'm not going to get too down with only drawing today as much as I'm not going to get too carried away when we win a game. Um, what is it? Don't get too high with the highs and low with the lows, as Dean Smith used to say. Like that that is the mantra that I think should all get us by throughout this exciting period for the like, Of course, we want to win every game because there's something tangible at the end of this Champions League qualification or going all the way in a trophy. You you want to be winning games, but every so often you're not going to. And I think we can be honest about it, Neil. As likewise, people in the comments will as well. We haven't played well since Man City. How many games ago was that? 
Pause yeah, but we haven't played. We, we haven't played awful either. We've played. No, we've no, played, no. and and when, that's what I mean when when the team is is not a finished article. That we've be, we we have overplayed in games, you know, and we're we're a bit stagnant at the moment. And there's about 16, 17 days left in January, and while Luna Emery was a, you know, pretty forthright and transparent about, hey, it's one in, it's one out. I do think we need a small bit of a freshening up, freshening up up top. It would be fantastic if somehow Bundy out of, out of nowhere was just seen on the pitch, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, somebody like Bundy is back. Or um, I, I posited the 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 conversation about maybe like it wouldn't have done us any harm to have Philippe continue on the bench to bring him off the off the yeah. bench today. But at the same time, he could have come off the bench and been out for ten weeks injured after pulling a hammy, you know. <laughs> um, or selling him might unlock the key from financial fair play or from yeah. from whatever. Yeah. It is that you know setting him gets the wages off in future years and so on. So who knows? Who knows? There's lots of shoes to drop in this one in the, in this in this transfer window. And uh, um, I think I think they will try. But obviously, you know, they've they've set the the terms of engagement. Aruna Emery has uh, at the moment, and it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can freshen up that department because I feel it needs it. You know, because. Diaby was Diaby was okay today, but he's not the Diaby that was there at the start of the season. Bailey wasn't the Bailey that we'd seen a couple of weeks ago. He wasn't poor either. Saniolo comes on for four or five minutes at the end, doesn't really do much. And John Duran is the chaos agent, you know, where like the quality that comes off the bench there from the point of view of, okay, we can get this fella off the bench. And, you know, between now and the end of the season, he's going to score us three or four important goals. Mm. You know, where is that person? Uh, and he could be at the club. He could be here. It could be Diaby. Could be Zaniolo. Could be Tienemans, as I say. But that's that's the figuring out that everybody from Unai Emery to Manchi to um, to Aston McPhee um, need need to figure that out. I think, um, and they will. I'm sure they will. Yeah, you're right about needing some kind of a bit of refreshing in the squad. Whether that's a, a new signing or oh, I feel so frustrated about the like, the makeup of the squad that we seem to have a little setback here and there out of nowhere. Paltoros returns to training mm. this week, but. Isn't isn't featuring today at all? Jacob Ramsey's injured again. It's like if everyone I know like, you're not always going to have a fit and ready squad. You're always going to get injuries, but these kind of ones that are just kind of eating away at us a little bit. Like I thought, Pal Torres would be back by now and starting today. I thought Jacob Ramsey would be starting to find his feet a little bit, yeah. and he's injured again. Saniolo comes in and out for a few minutes, like you say. Duran comes on for what twenty so minutes, twenty five minutes, and you think oh, it doesn't really do enough to make me think that there's something there that will score six, seven goals in the Premier League and win games for us. Um, obviously, he has before with the Crystal Palace one, but it's an isolated incident more so than a, than a trend. Um, just on the, the kind of makeup of the squad, when you see the team come out today and you think no Torres, no Ramsey again, we do look a little bit, and this is a harsh word because it's not fair really, but I can't think of anything better right now, a bit stale. A bit kind of obvious what we're trying to do. There isn't really, a, there isn't a wild card in there to change things up a little bit. Great, I'm delighted you said that because in the team sheet tantrum, God, I feel like I'm just, all I'm doing here is just uh, just talking no, about podcasts. Away, I do, but it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is just I might as well be wearing a big ba- billboard here on my on my on my jumper. It's not bad enough that I have. Well, there is, there is a huge me. logo behind you in neon lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what I like, you're, you're dead right, and and. I likened like like we named what was it eight subs today? Yeah, we named two goalkeepers today. I'm okay with that. Don't get me wrong. I was a bit grumpy for the team sheet tantrum, and I've calmed down since. But I think what it is is like 
I don't see what's to be lost by not naming a young guy on the bench there. Like Man City brought on Oscar Bob yesterday. He scores the winning goal. They could have brought on Jack Grealish and, Ma- and Newcastle would have gone, right, we know Jack Grealish's strengths inside and out. Oscar Bob, there's no way in the wide early world they could have known for 100% what he was capable of. Yes, he's got a lot on tape from being out in loan and so on and so forth and played with, Nor- played with Norway. And he's a known quantity, but he's not as known as Jack Grealish. So when you talk about staleness and you talk about maybe freshening it up, I don't know who that kid is. I don't know who would be trusted, who would be ready for the Premier League at that level. But, mm. you know, you've when you look at the substitutes we had there, Tim wasn't getting a game. Not in a month, not in a year of Sundays was Tim getting a game today. You know, you two goalkeepers in the bench today, both of them under under 21. So realistically, when we had, we had five players on the bench today, it was back to the good old days of five subs. And we knew what each of those could contribute. Now, Unai Emery is a man of structure, and that's probably why we've recalled Kane Hayden Kessler, who I would imagine will be in match mm-hmm. squad soon. But I think the biggest thing for me is that, you know, maybe what was to be like that like Caden Young has gone off the radar completely altogether after featuring in uh, in 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 some some preseason stuff and 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 the times last season. But maybe what's to be lost by by not having a Teddy Rowe or by not having somebody that uh, I'm just firing out names. Or, like it's so, so hard to know who hasn't hasn't been sent out on loan even now in this month. But <laughs> what's not to be lost by bringing on somebody or having somebody on the bench like that that maybe gives the other opposition to think and go, what happens if they do spring him? We're not 100 percent sure what this guy's going to be able to offer. It's look, mm. it's it's a moot point. If you can only make five subs and you have five people on the bench that you're comfortable comfortable bringing on, maybe that's all you need. But if we'd won today 2-0, I wouldn't even be having this conversation course, with you about yeah. that. But Absolutely, it is a yeah. conversation when we don't win, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, 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 I feel harsh. Villa are third in the league. I feel very harsh to say that Villa have gone stale. I haven't played well since Man City. Like I've got the results mm. in front of me. Beat Arsenal, beat Brentford, point at Sheffield United, beat Burnley in a point today. Man United defeating there as well. Like Villa haven't gone terrible out of nowhere, but I feel like we need like, a big game and a big performance to... Yeah. I, again, I feel incredibly harsh. Something yeah, like, like that. You play Newcastle after this break and you beat them 3-0. At, oh, it's not probably going to happen now, but you beat them 3-0 at Villa Park and you feel very confident about it and it's very entertaining and we score a couple of great goals mm-hmm. and just something to kind of re- re-energise everybody the pitch, on the pitch and in the stands as well. I absolutely don't want to set the impression that I think Villa are playing badly or we're not good enough and we need to change this and that. It's just something's uh, missing a little bit and I probably only feel like this now Again, this is the post-match show. It's all very raw. We've just watched a very bitty, frustrating game. Very stop-start. No real kind of end product on display at all from either side. Uh, and it all just feels a little bit meh rather than, oh, this is exciting. This is fresh. And maybe we need that kind of 90-minute performance to to kind of put those concerns to bed a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want this to come across as if I'm disagreeing with you. I probably choose a different word to stale and made the more I think about it because of the structure that Unai Emery likes us to play in. It's probably, mm. it, it's, and I'm going to use the word predictable, but we've been predictable all season because you know what we're going to do, but we've been doing it and teams couldn't stop it. Yes, yeah. Now we just need a little tweak. And teams, and at times today, Everton couldn't stop it. And we got in our own way at times. And, yeah. and they had to have last minute blocks and stuff like that. So we executed what we needed to execute correct. Like that screwball scramble at the end in the in, in the penalty area, where it falls to McGinn, it falls to Maddie Cash, uh, Pickford stops from Maddie Cash, I think, then it falls to McGinn. That's good defending. Like yeah. that's just really good defending. But we executed really well in that situation. So you got to put tip your hat off to Everton, and that's in, in that in that area there. Like we executed really well when Duran gets his hand, foot in the ball there. I think the cross from Matty Cash was uh, 
was uh, was was fine. Um, it was like I think everything there was probably supposed to be the, be the way it was supposed to go. When you see Duran's run comes from the back post in and around in between the two centre halves, love that run for somebody who isn't who's still very raw. That shows real great learning for me for for a centre forward. Um, so I think we executed, but I think you know when you're so structured like that, you do need things to go absolutely one hundred percent. And even when they're only going ninety eight percent in execution. You know, you start to see things like that happen, like Duran's chance that, that was missed there, or uh, the even the little piece there. Like, and I know everybody would have been offside for the for the VAR goal, uh, but that's a great finish from Moreno. Yeah, but we'll does Longley need to hold on to the player? You know, is that what he's been told to do? Is that what mm. is that like? Is that a tactic we're using to hold players there to keep everybody on side? Maybe we don't need to do that stuff. I, I don't know. Yeah, honestly, it's a good, it's a good to sort of tap ourselves on the shoulder. It's a good discussion. Like, style probably is the wrong word. And also, yeah, like I said, we've been going 15 minutes. I don't want this to come across that we're uh, criticizing Villa or that we're not grateful of where we are. I just think, you know, things are, Pau Torres coming in will make a massive difference. Jack Ramsey getting back to the play we know he can be will make a massive difference. And if we, for example, loan out Duran and sign a new striker and that gives us a slightly different edge, that will change things as well. So I'm absolutely kind of on board with, you know, Emery and, and the process and the project or whatever word you want to call it i'm not absolutely not uh, a disgruntled fan or anything it's just that frustration coming out of that game today thinking yeah we're not far away from winning there and it's a good result or a brilliant result uh, but there's just something that's just missing a little bit and, and that's not through anyone's fault really it's just that's football sometimes i think um let's talk about that moreno goal then ruled out for offside i can talk about this from many different angles uh, as var had many different angles to look at uh, one from was it the correct decision were var right to get involved were they implementing the process correctly uh, i actually thought the, the the way the set piece was um played out if you like was intentional I think Longley's role is to keep the Everton player as far back as possible so they're still on side for the short corner and to play it back and to be honest it almost works uh, I don't know who it was at half time was it Jamie Redknapp he was saying forget about it being offside it's a foul from Longley on Dan Juma which I'm not sure I agree with to be honest but yeah possibly maybe it is a little bit too much I think they've both got each other though I think Dan Juma is holding uh, long life from the reverse angle so yeah, I don't think that's given us a foul to be honest um, the offside looks very tight I think you and me spoke about it actually on, on a show a few weeks ago I cannot remember the game but from one angle of the, the pitch it looked onside and then the reverse angle I thought it was offside and I thought the same again today when it came from the non-TV side angle I actually thought Bailey was onside from that one. So very tight as it was playing out in real time. And for the, what was it, three minutes, 45 seconds or something it took? Yeah. I was thinking, I'm not sure they've got enough kind of conclusive evidence here to, to, to rule it out either one way or the other. So maybe we're going to get away with it. Then they start looking at whether Longley is offside in the eye line of Pickford afterwards. Yet they'd already decided that Bailey was offside before that. So while they spent another minute or so or two minutes looking at whether Longley was in the eye line was was crazy because if you've already given Bailey as offside the next part of the move is relevant anyway because the goal is Um, so it felt very strange in terms of the overall process unless (laughs) maybe they were looking at my my thought in that was maybe they were looking was Longley offside because then they looked at the Longley Danjuma tussle and see well was Danjuma actually trying to pull Longley down is this a penalty and then can you have a penalty if the player was in an offside position previous to the toss it just like it but once again you know the Pandora's box was open at that stage as you say but uh for me uh, I'm, I'm gonna say or look they, they were offside when they drew the lines are offside I, I I can take that I don't like um my big thing about this and about VAR is 
My course, Paddy was at the game today. I can guarantee you, Paddy has no idea why that was ruled off. Why that, why that mm. got, goal was chalked out. The simple thing we need to do here is, and it's so simple, and it's like it's it's so elitist that they don't that they don't just bow to the to the to the public's wishes in this one in a way, and it just annoys me so much that they're just so reticent to change uh, with regards to this. Mike up the refs. You've seen it in rugby. It doesn't cause riots in the stand. It doesn't cause riots on the pitch. If anything, it calms everything down. The ref will get it right more times than not. But what will happen is people will understand what the what the process was. There's no point in sanitizing this stuff in two weeks later and having Howard Webb stand there with Jamie Redknapp and everybody there ready to hand him Kleenex in case he tries any crocodile tears, you know, with regards to poorly made decisions. What it is, is if I... like. If I could hear the process there, if the ref the goal goes in, the ref goes, yeah, guys, listen, I'm not 100% sure there. Our linesman goes, lads, think there might be offside there. Can we check the offside? And uh, it says to the ref, you can hear that. And the ref goes, okay, VAR, what a decision on this. Uh, can I award the goal? Is there an offside or not within the buildup? That's fine. And get him to get him to, to talk for that, to, to talk on that point. And if it is proven to be offside, or if it is proven in that instance that uh, Clement Longley has, 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 uh, was offside and then was pulled down for a penalty, and you can't give the penalty for whatever reason, that the VAR person who's got everything in front of them, I'm getting a bit hot under the collar now, but get everybody in front of them should be able to pull up the, the, the rule book and read exactly what the law is of the game that they're referring to when they're making the decision. And therefore, everyone to hear, it would take the same amount of time. You've got assistant mm. VARs that it, like you could, it doesn't take three people standing around a pothole to fill in the pothole. Like, it takes one man with the shovel. That's the way it is. And with VAR, there's three people sat standing around a pothole trying to fill it in. There should be someone ringing back to the base and saying, yeah, we're filling in this pothole. Don't send another team here. There should be another <laughs> person then going, yeah, it's costing us 10 quid to fill in this pothole because of the stuff we're putting in there. Well, what's happening here is all three of them are looking into the hole. One person should be pulling up the laws as the other people are having conversations and it should be clearly communicated from one end to the other. And hey, hey, Premier League, hey, hey, hey. Make money off it. Sell the bloody ref can, ref things that people can wear them and hear them and make your 20 quid uh, back on that if you want. But the worst thing that you can do at the moment is, I can guarantee you, I've got a text from Paddy saying he had no idea why the goal was ruled out in the stadium and they've paid money to go to the game and they're coming out of there scratching their head. And it's just bonkers. It just makes no sense. I'm going to be quiet now because, as I say, I want you to keep your job. I like you, Dad. I want you, and I, well, I want you to be responsible for me blowing up altogether. No, I, mean, I, I will do my own uh, my my own best to try and keep my job here by saying things in a, a non-controversial <laughs> way as, as best as I can. I don't want to be employed as um, how do I phrase this properly? If we were doing this edited now, I'd be very careful about what I was going to say and pick and choose which bits I want to keep in. But I don't have that luxury life. I don't want to be associated with any kind of um what's the phrase here like um implying that there's any corruption at any level in the premier league but if i had to put a conspiracy theorist hat on for a second neil and, and kind of go devil's mm -hmm. advocate back at your point there why don't the premier league and pgmol and howard webb and whoever else involved in this process why don't they want transparency why can't they implement the things you just said there? Why can't we hear this audio? Never mind two weeks after. Why can't I hear it now, even at full time? It's out there already. The commentators here back from VAR on Sky and BT and mm -hmm. whatever else, they're listening back to it. They see things. They say now about that we don't draw the lines on anymore, but the, the people behind the scenes still see the lines. Why don't they want this level of transparency out to the 
to the wider public. And again, I don't want to be um, accu- throwing accusations that the Premier League is corrupt no, we're, and, we're, we're, and whatever else. I'm not suggesting that at all. But why not just say, improvements? Yeah, why not just say this is the process? This is what we're going to do. We'll take you along every step of the way. Because they, they've got to this point now, and you're you're right. They're kind of too proud to admit defeat and make changes. Is, is how it feels. They made a rod for their own back with this kind of clear and obvious tagline. Because if something takes four minutes to work out, to me that's not clear or obvious. It's not a clear or obvious mistake in the first place. So should VAR, VAR even be getting involved? Because it's not clearly wrong. It's just a it's a minefield now to go back to potholes. There's just holes in the whole thing, and I'm not sure what the problem is or what the fix is, but being openly transparent about this is the process and this is what we do as it happens, rather than two or three weeks later on a YouTube video with Howard Webb, it seems like a pretty easy fix to me. And and, and you're right. And and look, it's Howard Webb would be a hero in the morning if he brought it in. Like, why isn't why isn't he allowed to be a hero? What's stopping yeah. him from being a hero? That's the, and that's the question everybody wants to ask. And once again, we're not alluding to any secret cabal or being conspiracy theory or anything. It's just like if they came out and said, listen, lads, it's as simple as this. We can't broadcast it because of X, Y, and Z. Because we want to protect the referees. We want to protect the referee in-game. If we broadcast it and, and, and something happens to a referee directly after a game, well, then, you know, we're liable for that. Grant, I'd accept that. I'd absolutely accept that. Or if we broadcast this, the referee gets it wrong and some fella runs out of the stands and does a, uh, your man on Jack Grealish and pucks a ref or something like that. Or or like in Turkey, like a fella comes down, the, the owner comes onto the field and, and, and assaults a referee. We're liable for that. That's fine. I'd actually understand it. It's the silence. It's the, it's the fact that everybody's making suggestions to improve it. And they're like, no, nah, you know what? We're actually fine. We're grand. Mm. There isn't a problem here. And everyone's no, going, there is a problem. <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of the problem, isn't it? This kind of being too proud to make a change, to make decisions and, and be be different with what, what they're doing. So at the moment, what, what what is happening isn't really working. And this isn't a, an attack on VAR, the entity, no. the, the idea of technology and football. I actually think there is a place for it. The rules that they use are not applied in the right way or are... Or, 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 or are outdated for this technology they've got that you know you've got to have some kind of parameters for offside is this off you know uh, whatever is that so we can say well the rules say that we have to implement it in this way what is handball is it the t-shirt line and all this nonsense has got to be so much more clearer clear and obvious would help um and the people using it the referees on the pitch and the referees in stockley park are not fit for standard for the millionth time we've discussed this for the last three or four years that this podcast is, has existed. The standard of officiating in the, at the top level of English football, which is a multi-billion pound business, is not fit for purpose. That's not v, VAR as a, as a product, as a, as a piece of technology. It's the clowns using it is the problem. And until that is all wiped out and, and started afresh and given a proper kind of rule book of this is how everything works, this is how we're going to be transparent about it, this current iteration of VAR doesn't work and has to be changed. Mm. Whether the people at the top do do that, I've got no idea. So I'm, again, I'm not, yeah, and, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing accusations of corruption or anything. But you look at some of the no. decisions you get as a lesser club. Is that goal ruled out if you're Liverpool or Man City? Well, it wasn't like the, the Jacob Ramsey or the goal that we scored against the Jacob Ramsey one, the one where Jacob Ramsey fouled the goalkeeper. Um, apparently, yeah, um, I know. Like that was that was ruled a goal last night for something similar for Luton. So mm. uh, it's like, yeah, of course, I, yeah. I think. I I think the I think the application of top six versus non 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 top six I think there was merit to that some years ago, but now I just think that it's just confusion across the board and it depends on who mm. you get. It's for the subjective nature of 
of a referee making a decision in real time has just been shifted to the subjective nature of a, of a person making the decision with a TV yeah. screen in front of them. The still the issue still is the subjective decision, and um, you know where. I think everybody would would admit that you know if there was a situation you know you said clear and obvious they said listen you know there uh, there is benefit of the doubt that the referee could not have seen this in any in any way shape or form or could not have known so therefore it wasn't obvious therefore the goal is allowed to stand there was nothing mm. egregious here so the goal is allowed to stand we'd still be giving out about it but I think that you know a lot of fans would be happier with these ju- with judgment calls now should this goal have been ruled out? I think it should have been ruled out. This is just commentary on VAR overall. Um, yeah. I think, and 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 we spend like footballing podcasts, footballing pundits, footballing phone-in shows, footballing fans in the pub spend way too much time talking about VAR than they should, and it's become the it, like it's 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 become the elephant in the room, and it and it shouldn't be. It should be that help, not hinder. It should be there to confirm not to cause controversy and it's not doing either at the moment really yeah. you know yeah mm, anyway yeah, like I say, we've been doing this podcast for i think four years or five years this year and i think i remember when it, we first started and thinking well VAR was coming in well either, it was already in when villa got promoted or it was coming back in or whatever i can't remember it's like oh well this mm. will stop us talking about referee decisions anymore because they'll get things right all the time <laughs> like you say yeah. it's become you know for us for other podcasts for pundits whatever it is yeah, we do a post-match show for for Everton, and, and it, was Moreno right to be ruled out? Yes or no? And you have twenty minutes of chat about VAR off the back of it, which is is not how it should go, really. But like we said at the beginning, a pretty quiet game in terms of of the result. Uh, obviously, not many people are that interested when you see Everton nil, Villa nil. Um, but overall, to kind of round out uh, Scotty Paddy, then uh, Neil is probably the rant about referees that did that. Um, <laughs> um, I thought we were okay. One point's fine. We're on the road. A point on the road is okay. A clean sheet. We made chances. And on another day, given a slightly more clinical like Watkins or Musa Diaby or whoever, we win today and we're fine. And we probably don't have a 20-minute chat about VAR because we think, oh, it was ruled out. But it doesn't really matter because we won anyway. On to Newcastle. Come on, lads. There we go. Uh, incidentally, Man United have beaten Tottenham 2-1 at half-time, uh, which is obviously uh, good for Villa. So I think it's just one of those that you chalk down to. Could have been better. Could have been a lot worse. I'm pretty okay with the point. Let's move. Let's all move on together. I think that's my yeah. over overarching feeling tonight. Mine, mine too. Look, as I say, it's um, yeah. Uh, the 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 point is the point. The point that we got from the one-all draw is the point today, um, and it should be the point. Like, there's no way I could sell oh, yeah. my hand out and say, "Geez, way we shouldn't shouldn't win that game." Um. But I do think we were the better team in that game. I do think we were the team. That, but then, then as I said, it was the mixed match, mismatch of of styles that probably made me feel that there were, we were the better team because we had more possession. We had as many clear-cut chances and so on. But Everton aren't going to be that team. A Sean Dyche team is not going to be that team that's going to own the ball and have that possession. So you probably always feel like you were the better team against them. But when I go back to my piece again, we executed 99% of the stuff we wanted to do and we did it pretty well today. It wasn't that sloppy a performance. Everton executed their defensive stuff brilliantly as well. And you kind of have to give credit in that instance where you've got a counter puncher versus a puncher. Sometimes they turn out to be bad fights. And uh, and and maybe we could put this one down. When I say bad fights, I mean like for, for the goal tally. Maybe you could just put that one down to this as well. I think the players were both frustrated about the mismatch of, of, of styles um, because Everton didn't like the fact that we were going back to the goalkeeper and owning the ball and they were pressing high and they were obviously, you know, 
Like if that game was 10 minutes longer, I think Villa probably would have won just because of how much energy maybe we had saved from owning the ball as much as uh, as uh, as we did at times. But look, uh, you know, Everton, Everton defended really well and, and it's up to us to break them down and they should be really proud of the way uh, they, they played today. Like with 31% possession, um, they had, and I'm going to use an awful phrase, the phrase I probably hate the most in football, but they had a bitter, bigger expected goals um, number than us today, probably down to the Calvert-Lewin chance. Um, mm. But Villa were the better team, I think, for me today. But I don't think that we we have any God-given right to to say we should have won that game today because Everton performed their, their task superbly too. So, yeah. yeah, stalemate, and that's the way they go sometimes. Yeah, spot on. That's exactly how I, how I feel about it as well. Some people will feel differently and feel that we Villa weren't good enough and whatever else, and that's absolutely fine. I think we we could all do with this two-week break now for till the next game, uh, Newcastle. Is it Newcastle next or, or Chelsea first? Newcastle, yeah. yeah, And a Tuesday, on a Tuesday. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Newcastle Tuesday, Chelsea Friday. Yeah, so that'll be a busy week, but a couple of weeks to go until that. Uh, maybe Paul Torres is back by then, maybe Ramsey's back by then, maybe we've signed somebody by then, who knows? Uh, maybe we're a little bit more fresh looking by, by those next two weeks. Um, I will say something very quickly about the Cloud Blue podcast. Neil, as, as I've done over the last few episodes, I'm going to let you do the actual outro. Uh, despite it being a two week break for Villa, there will still be Cloud Blue content over the next couple of weeks. Uh, me and Matt Kendrick are heading into the office tomorrow to film something together in person. That'll be tomorrow's Monday show, but it might not come out till Monday evening because obviously we're filming in person. It takes a lot more time. I've got to actually edit the thing and get it out there. Um, but despite there being, oh, Chelsea first on the Friday, everybody says. So it's not mm. the Tuesday, then the Friday. It's the Friday, yeah, the weekend, yeah. then the Tuesday. Uh, so a cup game first uh, and then a league game so yeah a little, little, little bit of time for us to look at the fixture list correctly and see where we are um, but like I say yeah, plenty of Clark Blue content still coming out we'll still react to any signings if they'll make any we'll still do the Monday show each Monday uh, and whatnot and um, uh, filming something to do with VR on Wednesday which will be a uh, good crack as well um, but so stay tuned to Clark Blue for that Neil do you want to do the official outro for me and I'll press the buttons what is the official outro? Again. Just thanks for watching and that kind oh, of thing. thanks a million for watching and uh, you know it's fantastic and thanks for nobody bringing up the fact that I've got and Dan will attest to this that I've got all baby slobber all over me uh, as well you know trying to trying to trying to hold on to a, a, an energetic eight month old while trying to watch the game and, and things aren't going your way it leads to um, <laughs> both of us I think at times were spewing all over the place so um, thanks a million Dan for having me on and thanks everybody for watching and listen stay safe stay healthy and all that's left to say is up the villa